Voice of the Bombers, one-on-one with Mike O'Shea, the Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. 780-6868 is our phone number. You know the drill, folks. You can phone or you can text questions to Mike O'Shea. Week one of the Canadian Football League season is in the books. The Bombers get off to a very nice start out in Vancouver on Saturday night, defeating the Lions 33-23. to Now, the Bombers are in a bye week, so Mike is not going to be with us in studio tonight. However, he is with us on the telephone. And, uh, Mike, looking back to Saturday night, I know you've kind of gone over it already. Uh, give us your your summation now, as opposed to the one you gave us 15 minutes after the game. Well, some of it still holds true. You know, it's nice to leave BC with a win. Um, there's certainly some things we we need to clean up, um, as we noted during the game. I thought there was a uh, you know a couple things we kind of got lucky on, and and then there was also a couple plays that that you know we should have capitalized on. But uh, overall pretty good i thought our guys played tough played a physical brand of football i thought the uh the three new guys basically inside uh, not that michael couture is new but basically getting a start so um i thought they they handled themselves very well so overall the, the film sort of verified what we thought after the game and we'll show it to them tomorrow and make the corrections uh, let me ask you about the, one of the penalties and one of the text questions, Mike, we got right off the bat here was when you look at the film and do your assessment, is the Brandon Alexander block on the punt return a penalty? I thought he made a great effort to front shield the tackler. Now, for those who didn't see it, uh, Alexander was penalized for what looked like a, a clear, clean block. But there's been some changes in the rule the last couple of years. So you explain that one if you could. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, one of the rule changes was uh, adding a blindside block to special teams and um, being more conscious of that. And certainly when those memos come out, when those rule changes happen, they're, they're certainly a, um, a point of emphasis amongst the officials. I don't see it as a, a bad block, but it doesn't really matter the technique you use uh, if you, you know, contact a, a player who won't necessarily see you coming with a tremendous amount of violence, it's going to be a penalty. Um, so those big hits, you know, are, are not going to happen. Shouldn't happen on special teams anymore. They'll certainly be penalized. I don't know that that one was, um, I'll do like I usually do. I'll send it into the league and uh, we'll have a, a conversation later in the week about it. Um, I, you know, I thought that the, I thought that he made a great effort to, mm. to make sure he didn't, he didn't, uh, cause he had the opportunity to lay that guy out. If this was a few years ago, it would have been a devastating block, yeah. um, as, as happens on special teams at, at times. Um, and he didn't do that. He made sure that he tried to stay clean and gave the guy his back and, but he wasn't exactly running in the same direction. So that's one of the standards they'll use. Yep. If both players are going in relatively the same direction, then it is not a blind side. And this one, you know, obviously um, they were going at 90 degree angles of each other. So um, I think if that's one of the criteria or if that's what they look for, um, then I could see why they called it. But I thought he did a, a great job uh, of trying to stay within the rules. Michael in San Antonio, Tech, says he liked uh, just about everything about the win, including your 35 minutes of time of possession versus 25 for BC. He wonders, Mike O'Shea, what happened on the 108-yard Rutley kickoff return. 
Uh, you know, they just usually when those plays happen, there's uh, a whole combination of things. I thought a couple of our guys got overlapped with each other. Um, we missed a tackle, you know, at the start of the play that sort of sprung it. Uh, a safety valve player ended up getting blocked. Um, then we missed a tackle, you know, what I thought would have been a sure tackle, uh, you know, about 20 yards into it. So all in all, probably three legitimate missed tackles and a couple of little assignment issues, but that all adds up to 108 yards. So you can survive a couple mistakes on a kickoff, but three, four, or five, it's, they're usually big ones. Those uh, plays can really kind of have a huge impact on a game. You're up 14-6 to six at that point, and, and, I mean, you don't have things under control, but it's kind of going in your direction, and then, boom, that play, and it just turns everything around, doesn't it? Well, especially since we just scored, yeah. you know, the, the the special teams, they understand what they're in charge of, and that's momentum in a game. So they're in charge of, of stealing it from the opponent, creating it when we, when it's kind of a flat game, keeping it when we're, when we score um, with a, with a big kick and a, and a pin and, uh, and we didn't pin them, you know? So, you know, the idea at that point is to create that momentum by having a great kickoff, pin them down deep, Defense runs out there, feels the the shift in the game, puts together a two and out. We get a great punt return. Offense drives again and score, and you in a very short time try to put up two touchdowns on them. Um, and that's the stuff we talk about, but it didn't work out that way. So they their special teams stole the momentum right back, um, which is what they're in charge of too. Yeah. So Mike, you outscore BC nineteen to six in the second half. Um, very impressive, I thought, the way you took charge of the game. That would have pleased you immensely, I'm assuming. Yep, it's uh, it's nice to come out in the second half and, and be that dominant. That's, I think, where our time of possession, uh, you know, sort of took over. I thought we ran the ball very well. I thought Andrew Andrew ran the ball extremely hard and, and smart. I thought he was um, real sharp and, and patient when he had to be, and then, um, even towards the end of the game, I thought he, he took over in terms of churning out the yards and getting the first downs needed to run out the clock. There was never any reason to believe Andrew Harris wouldn't be outstanding again this year, was there? Uh, no. <laughs> no. He's, he's, is he just ever fun to watch? You know, as a, as a coach, yes, I get it. I, I know what I got to say to him and do and all those things. And, and he, he gets coached and he wants to be coached and he wants to keep learning and he wants to always be the best he can be. But, you know, just standing there on the sidelines, sometimes it's hard not to be a fan when he just keeps on breaking tackles or making, you know, running by a guy. Uh, it's it's impressive. Yeah, and we've talked sometimes about the, I don't know if the word subtlety is right, but the subtlety of his running where he'll, he'll run up the middle and, and kind of look like he's biding his time and then he'll be pushing, uh, you know, a couple of guys here and there. And before you know it, he's got eight yards. Yeah, he's usually good for uh, one of those a game where, like I said, he shows a lot, a lot of um, savvy, um, and ends up, you know, instead of getting tackled and falling forward for three at that point in the run, you know, he he turns out eight, like you said, and uh, those are those are how he adds those yards all add up for him, right? Breaking tackles and and having that kind of savvy. Here's an interesting question. Uh, with the West so tight, why not run up the points? And this is a reference to late in the game. You had the ball deep in BC territory. You could have kicked the field goal, which would have been, in my view, rubbing it in their face. But he does raise a good point about the points. Your thought on that, sir? 
Yeah, you can kick a field goal and and they, you know, could block it, which is a rarity, obviously. Um, you know, my sense at that point is we were in control of the game. I guess we could have handed the ball off and kept on running and tried to score a touchdown too. Um, but yeah. there's something about taking knees at the end of the game when you're in complete control that uh, that feels dominant. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, here's another question, a text question. With the exception of a few long pass attempts, it was clear you were taking a nickel and dime approach to your offensive game plan. Was this ball control scheme driven primarily by the fact that you were facing Mike Riley, uh, a quarterback capable of engineering scoring drives in a short period of time? So basically, the longer your offense had the ball, the less opportunity Mr. Riley would have. Uh, I mean, that's we've talked about that in the past, but uh, I don't think we were nickel and diamond on purpose. There was times where they just took some of the shots away, but we had opportunities to go down. We missed one to Lucky. Uh, we missed one to Darv. That was uh, we had a bit more pressure. Um, so after the the play of the ball with Matt, he ended up with a, a a halfback pressure coming from the outside. So we had to get rid of it more quickly than he would have on a on a double move by Darv. So it landed just shy, just out of bounds. Um, so I th- I thought we had some opportunities. Uh, and I thought a couple were well defended, and a couple they took away, and like prior to the snap sort of thing. And then, um, you know, we just missed a couple, but so I don't, I don't think we go out there on a regular basis and say, we're going to nickel and dime them. I I do think there, that there is some strategy to that with Mike Riley, but I don't know that we're thinking that. Well, ball possession, the bat. Yeah. yeah, Ball possession is never a bad thing, is it? Uh, No, it's not, but scoring points is yeah. probably better. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, here's a guy named Mike who sends in a text to Mike O'Shea. Uh, he's impressed with Kyrie Wilson's speed. He tracked down um, Brian Burnham on a particular passing play, but then he also uh, got hurt in the fourth quarter and it looked like he got knocked out. Mike, what can you tell us about the state of his health today? Oh, I think he's going to be just fine. I think he's going to be just fine. He, he, you know, the running back came across, caught him sort of unaware as he came around the corner on a on a pressure. Uh, you know, probably got him in the, you know, in the jaw or whatever. And mm-hmm. I just sort of equate that to being a, like a boxer, you know. So it caught him off guard. That's all. Yeah, I saw him on the plane yesterday. He looked okay. Yeah, he seems fine. Yeah. All right, seven eight zero six eight six eight. We'll take a break. If you didn't hear the news. Just before the top of the hour, the Winnipeg Jets have traded Jacob Truba. Boy, this has been a long time coming to the New York Rangers for Neil Pionk, a young defenseman who played the full season with the Rangers last year and a first-round draft pick. And when we come back with Mike O'Shea, more text and uh, phone questions, and we're going to get Mike tell us who Kerfala Exume is. The Coaches Show with Mike O'Shea on 680 CJOB. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. And welcome back to the show, 780-6868. Before we have Mike explain who Kerfala Agzume is, we're going to take a phone call from Brian. Brian, you're on with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead. Hi, guys. I have a question for each of you. I'll start with you, Mike. Um, after you guys had that block um, convert, uh, the TSN panel thought that might have been the turning point. I know that um, with the exception of all the explosions you guys had and the, the penalties, I know it's still early in the year and you guys can work through all that. Uh, do you feel that that was a turning point, like that three points there? Well, I thought it was a obviously a very big play. 
Um, I said uh, right after the game, they asked her the same question. And I don't know when your first game of the season, when you're facing uh, Mike Riley, you know, I don't know that you really feel like there's a turning point because he, he'll take a, he'll take those shots, those long shots all day. So, you know, I, I thought that we took the ball away from them fairly well. So, you know, Jeff Heck had two picks, uh, we we blocked that 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 extra point um, attempt. So I thought there was a, a few things that uh, sort of fell in our favor. Obviously, giving up the big return touchdown, it, you know, it goes the opposite way. But there were so many of those things that I just wasn't comfortable in that game really at all. There's just because we were, I'd say we weren't as sharp as we as we need to be going forward. So I don't know if there's any one turning point. I thought there could have been. At any time, the lead could have swung, you know. And I thought you guys battled hard, and that was great. Um, you guys won. Um, Bob, um, when your time at the Bombers broadcasting, do you ever remember the Bombers ever returning a convert to score? I know it used to be a point before, but I yeah. can't remember a time I've seen that. Well, my memory's not as good as it used to be, but I don't remember one, Brian. I, you know, they may have, but if they did, I can't recall it. It's a pretty unusual play. And that's what I love about CFL. You could probably see that more often in the NFL. Yeah, probably. Okay, thanks, guys. Okay, Brian, thanks for the call. Thanks, uh, Brian. So, Mike, tell us about Kerfala Exumage. And just so the fans know, he was a late draft pick this year, I think, uh, what, eighth round or whatever it was. Um, oh, we lost Mike O'Shea for a minute there. I don't know if I did something wrong. Sky is our producer. She'll get him back on right away. But Kerfala Exumage... Um, so he went through training camp, and, you know, he survived the final cut. And those of us who cover the team knew he was there and on the team and all the rest of it, but we didn't really think a lot of it. And then the other night in uh, Vancouver, he makes five special teams tackles. Five special teams tackles. Mike, are you back with us? I am back with you. Yeah, that was that was our end. I think probably I did something wrong. So tell <laughs> us tell us about Kerfala Exume. Well, He's a guy who played for the Montreal Caribbean, um, and he showed on tape uh, a great desire to play special teams and a, and a sort of savvy about him that was unique. You know, you don't always see that at the CIS level. You see guys that can play hard and they're dominant because they're good athletes or they got a lot of um, attributes that would allow them to be successful uh, at that level. Um, and you're looking to see how it translates, but he had way more than that. He had a just a an understanding of how to how to play special teams that was, um, you know, I would say tops amongst his peers. Now I don't know if it's always going to look like five tackle games, but he does some things that are that are you know show way more experience than you see out of a lot of guys, even guys that have played for a long time. So. It's exciting for him, you know. I think we he was charted as having five tackles, but he was probably in on a few more. And uh, I thought he thought he did just great for himself. I thought it was great for our team too. And for those who don't know, five special teams tackles in one game, Mike, is that's through the roof. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, no, that's uh, a. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't want to call it a career game for him because you hope he has a <laughs> bunch more like that. But uh, not too many guys, you know, have have games where they have five. I think the I think the record might be seven in a game, and the number of guys with five in a game would still be a pretty a pretty low number, 
you know. Well, one guy who admitted he had a career game was your safety, Jeff Hecht. He had two interceptions, and we have a texture here saying, hey, Coach, what did you think of Hecht's chicken dance? And for those who didn't see it, he did a little chicken dance when Deron Carter appeared to hold up in terms of going after a pass when Hecht had him in his sights. Your thoughts, Coach? Well, you know, I'm not – I didn't see it at the time. I saw it after on the highlights, so um, – you know, nothing really much I can do about it at that moment, right? But uh, he's his own man. He's going to, you know, he's a very confident guy. He, uh, Jeff, you know, likes to likes to engage in a bit of the mind games out there. So if it equates to, to winning, uh, you know, and he's a smart guy, if it equates, if he thinks it equates to winning, then, then I, I see why he did it, but... If it uh, wakes a sleeping dog, then, you know, I think it's not the right thing to do. But um, it it was interesting. You know, guys are going to, you know, the the CFL certainly allows you to celebrate more. I'm just glad it wasn't a penalty. Coach, a show brought to you in part by Bear Crop Science, science for a better life. We'll be back with Mike O'Shea, 780-6868 in just a couple of minutes. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. And the show is brought to you in part by Bear Crop Science, science for a better life. Mike O'Shea, here's a text question. With player safety as a league focus and with it being permissible to tackle a player by their long hair, which could lead to injury, why don't you insist that your players keep their hair cut or under their helmet? And he references Lucky Whitehead here. Are you going to impose a haircut uh, ban? No. Okay. No. That's the end of that. All right. That's the end of that. Yeah. All right. Here's another text. Are you fishing this week? That's kind of personal, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Do they have a big boat? <laughs> uh, Nick Dembski, this is another text, seemed to take a big hit in the first quarter. As a matter of fact, he took two of them. Uh, is he all right? Yeah. He, he seems great. He hung onto the ball. I thought it was, uh, those were, I heard somebody on our bench say, those are big boy catches. Yeah. So, they sure were. Yeah, he did, a, he did a great job. Another text, and we'll go to the phone here in a minute. I was very impressed with Matt Nichols. Uh, looks like he's still developing chemistry with Lawler and Whitehead, but loved his passes to Adams and Wolitarski. Will Matthews be back soon? And if he is, who comes out? Uh, yeah, we're still in the process. Uh, I think Chris Matthews was very close last uh, for this last game. Uh, but just wasn't quite there. So he's got uh, this bye week and then another week of practice to see, and and then we'll have to evaluate it. You know, I don't I, I don't know what we're going to do with the roster yet. Mm-hmm. So um, I know we signed him for a reason, but how how's it all fit right now? You know, that remains to be seen. We'll have some meetings and and we'll talk about it amongst the staff and and figure out what we're doing. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's. It's too early right now in the process to to make a determination like that. We got to see him practice too. Sure, uh, lots of talk about Drew Walatarski. Two touchdowns in the game. Darvin Adams, Mister Steady, isn't he? Mike, five catches, seventy three yards, and it's like nobody says a word about Darvin, but he just keeps uh, keeps going along. Yep, that's uh, that's on pace for another thousand yard season. So he's he's a good player. He's smart. He's really smart. Uh, you know. I think there is a chemistry that he has with Matt. They, they, he seems to find him quite well. He gets open. So, and and like I said, I think he, we just missed him on a couple others that would have had him. His yardage total would have been significantly more. And, and 
you know, maybe a, a touchdown. So um, they'll 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 keep firing each other uh, as the season goes on. He likes to block too, doesn't he? Yeah, he certainly doesn't mind that. He's he's a tough he's a tough guy. So sure. yep. it's nice to have him out there. Todd, you're on the coaches show with Michael Shea. Go ahead, Todd. Oh, thanks for taking my call. Great job, guys. Great job, guys. I was going to say, did any of the international players make the team? I didn't hear them during the game last week, so just wondering. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Tedrick Hansen uh, played. Uh, he played a couple special teams for us. Uh, it's the very first kickoff return we had. He absolutely leveled one of their guys who was coming in and thought he would take a good shot on on our guys. And and Tedrick is very strong, uh, very strong core, powerful guy. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a nice hit to see to start the game. A lot of physicality on on, on Tiadric's part, and uh, he ended up winning that battle. And it'll look good on film when we show him tomorrow. Todd, the rule is that every team in the league has to dress one global player. Have to dress one global player for every game. They're good. I mean, those those global players, I I admire their determination and stuff. I'm I'm glad they're I'm glad they're in the league. Okay. The league that much better. Yeah. Good. Thanks, Todd. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate Thanks, the call. Yeah. John from Brandon, you're on the coaches show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, John. Good evening, guys. Yeah. Uh, listen, I was, uh, there's a couple points I wanted to make uh, with with the coach and uh, and actually uh, uh, address something with uh, yourself, Bob. Uh, we don't get a whole lot. I don't get a chance, basically, mostly because I'm a little long in tooth and you know, have a few medical issues to get out to us. The, uh, the camps anymore, but uh, I, I I chart the uh, the players maybe not as effectively as uh, the coaching staff does, but I do. And when I get out of the media, whether it's uh, the newspapers or or the radio, turns out to be half it. And every and then there's some surprises where there's a whole pile of guys that don't fit in. And uh, I know Bob, you made comments about uh, you know you'd rather get right into the season and the the preseason isn't the greatest thing, but for somebody who's out uh, and away from town, it's it's to me it's important to, to chart these things, and uh, and I do. And and for the coach, uh, I don't hear any talk about the, the most valuable valuable offensive asset uh, who sits up in the box uh, by the name of Paul Lapolis. I, I think he called a great game for you guys, and uh, uh, there weren't too many plays that. Uh, it just went flat for you. Oh no! I thought it was great. It was a great game plan they put together. I thought uh, him and his staff do a great job um, putting guys in the right spots, and and I think it showed. And I think we we could have scored even more points, but I thought they did a, a fantastic job. And obviously, uh, you know, we've had a pretty balanced yardage game in terms of our passing and our rushing. So yeah, uh, there were certain things. That, pardon me. We threw about ten yards of each other, rushing in the past. Yeah, so obviously we'd like our passing numbers to be up, but like I said, we we had some opportunities that, and uh, just didn't work out that way. But we scored, you know, you score thirty three points, and um, you know you don't you don't give the ball away, and, and you, you rush the ball very effectively, and, and it won. leads leads to that kind of time of possession and those number of points. So. And, John, I can assure you we all appreciate what a good uh, offensive coordinator Paul Lapolis is. As a matter of fact, on our broadcast Saturday, Doug, they ran a draw play to Andrew Harris and it gained about 20 or 25 yards. And 
Doug Brown said on the broadcast, what a great call that was. And the call is made by Paul Appley, so he's not overlooked. Uh, just just one more little item. Yep. The, the long pass to uh, to Whitehead, you mixed them by just a few inches. In my mind, if that connects, it changes a whole lot of what Matt Nichols can do because you got to watch for this guy that's just grease lightning. <laughs> I would think that BC would have to think different. And I'm assuming that's going to happen sooner or later uh, when you guys are playing. And then when you throw Matthews into the next, lots of luck fellas trying to defend this. All right, John. Pre- okay, thank you very much. Appreciate the call. Thanks, John. Yeah. You feel pretty good about your, your offense and your weapons, eh, Mike O'Shea? I, I thought our offense played really well the, this first game. So I think there's room for improvement, but I thought they played very well. So um, it is an exciting time for us. I think we've got uh, good depth and, and depth with speed. So um, got to try and figure out a way to get everybody in at some point, get, some, get them some experience so that we can uh, use that depth all the way down the stretch, right? Yeah. I always look at first downs as a measuring stick in a game. You had 24 of them. Anytime you're over 20, it's it's pretty good. If you're up near 25, uh, that's really quite good. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I guess after a game like that, you do realize that those those yards and those um, those first downs piled up. You know, yeah. but but in game, I don't know that I'm I'm charting first downs. I know offensively we we put a little bit more of a premium on them in terms of what they, how they equate to scoring, you know, in the off season study. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see how it plays out. Okay. Let's take another phone call. Alan, you're on the coach's show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, coach, you've done just one heck of a job the last five years you've been here and it just gets better every year. So good luck this year. I think it's our year this year. Oh, I appreciate the comments. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Bob, uh, regarding uh, returning a missed uh, convert in a game, the Blue Bombers did that Mm -hmm. in a a Labor Day game, 1997, in Taylor Field. It was a rather bad bomber team that year, but we won the game 43-12. to (laughs) I forget who blocked the kick, but we returned it the other way, and we did get two points in that game. You Mm -hmm. did the play-by-play of that game on the radio. I would have, yeah. 1997, did you say? Yes, sir. So I wonder if there's any way you can archive that and find out who did that. I'll research that because my brain does not, uh, it doesn't compute right now in my brain, but I will look into that. <laughs> That's okay, but I, uh, you, you do a wonderful job also too. I enjoy listening to you. And uh, we did indeed do that, I think, in 1997. Yeah, okay, Alan, appreciate the call. Thank you, bye now. Now here's full disclosure. So the other night, Mike, when... Uh, Sales blocked that convert try by Sergio Castillo, and then Fenner runs it all the way back. I hadn't seen it for so long. I drew a blank, and I'm thinking, and I didn't say anything on the air. I said, geez, is that a point, or, or is it two? I've forgotten how this works now. And so <laughs> I didn't say that on the air, but I took a break. And then we came back from the break, and I acted like I knew it all along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's full disclosure, folks. I was unsure. I, I knew they were. I knew the bombers got a point or two, but at that particular moment, because it's such a rare play, I just kind of drew a blank on it. But I, I faked it, Mike. I faked it quite well. I was proud of myself. There you go. Sounds like you could be a coach. <laughs> the show is brought to you in part by Bear Crop Science, Science for a Better Life. We'll come back with the Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea on 680 CJOB. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. 
Welcome back. The show is brought to you in part by Bear Crop Science, science for a better life. Uh, Jacob Troop has been traded. Christian O'Mell will have a complete rundown right after 8 o'clock on that with Leah Hextall and Kevin Sheveldayoff. Mike O'Shea, congrats on your season opener win. This is a text. Have you ever heard of a team holding an opponent to four yards rushing? And is that from Mike Riley just wanting to pass so much or your boys doing so well stopping the run? Oh, I think our front did a great job of stopping the run. Um, there was a couple of runs I can picture in particular where we were in the backfield on mass and um, didn't matter which way the ball carrier was going to go or, or cut. There was players everywhere. So I, I thought uh, I thought our guys did a great job. You know, how they call the game and, and, you know, their idea of taking shots or making big plays or passing the ball that much, you know, I guess you – that's more of a question for their coaching staff, so I don't know. But I'll I'll say that our guys did a fantastic job up front stopping it. And you know what? I shouldn't just say up front because stopping the run really is a 12-man game. Mm-hmm. You need your DBs flying in there too and getting off blocks of the receivers and making sure they come up and support also. So, uh, th- yeah, let me correct myself. It's a, it's Stopping the run is all 12 guys, so they, I thought they did a fantastic job. Anytime you can hold a team to four yards, that's a yeah. – that's that's fantastic. Fair to say the way your team is built, if you had four yards rushing in a game, that would be cause for concern. Well, I think we'd figure out a way to win. You know, that's the that's what you have to do. So if a team, you know, if a team was going to stack the box and and uh, really make a conscious effort to take Andrew Harris out of a game, then yeah, we've got to be able to f- figure out how to win. You know, in another fashion, and and I'm sure we would. Another text question, uh, Coach O'Shea, are you concerned about the amount of pressure put on Mike Riley on Saturday? No, I thought uh, I thought our guys played a physical game. Um, I think there's, you know, when they watch the film, there's there's obviously a little bit um, a little bit more detail we could probably get into in terms of uh, how we're rushing the passer. You know, so I think that guys were pretty excited, and they may be got going a little too quickly in another direction to, to sort of to run a stunt or run some games with their another teammate. And if they just would have uh, stayed with it a little longer, stayed with the initial rush a little longer, we might have had a little more success. But uh, I thought we, you know, just because it wasn't registered as a sack, I thought we got to Riley's arm a couple of times and disrupted throws that, that were, it was quite beneficial. So the, the, the stat of a sack is, I know the guys like it, and it's one of those stats that gets measured, but pressure is is important, and I thought we did uh, generate some pressure, and I think we still got some hits on him that, and, and bothered his arm that you know enough that it was caused for some errant throws. So um, we, we will get better, but I, I'm good for the first game. Drew Wallatarski was shaken up late in the game. We have a texter asking what his status is. He looks good to me. Yeah, he, he looked fine on the sidelines after that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's good. Um, all I can say, being a hockey player's daughter, coach, you are one amazing man. Thank you for what you do on and off the field. Oh, there isn't you that go. nice? It is very nice. Yeah, because people in your line of work sometimes get a little more criticism than you do of praise, right, Mike? <laughs> that's all right too, Bob. <laughs> kind of goes with the territory, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, that's all right too. Another question about Lucky Whitehead. Any chance of seeing Lucky in the backfield? Oh, 
like I said, this usually happens. Is this a caller from Saskatchewan? <laughs> the, the no, it's a two hundred four area code. Okay, there you go. We'll see. I, you know what? There's there, we have a lot of players that I think can do a lot of things, and and most of it just comes from, you know, Lapo's very creative, and we trust our guys. Like we we are going to trust our players and we're going to put them in different positions and try to get them involved and put them in positions to be successful. So uh, you could ask that question about a lot of players on offense. Nothing's going to surprise me. Okay. Um, here's a text question. Mike, what's top of the list as you prepare for Edmonton June 27? Well, you know, watch their next game on, on Friday night. And, yeah. And get some more film on them. You know, I think this, they're, they are a ball control offense. They complete a lot of high percentage of passes. Um, You know, I don't think that's changed from Trevor Harris in Ottawa with Jason Moss to uh, Trevor Harris with Jason Moss in Edmonton. So um, from Ottawa to Edmonton, I think you see a lot of, you can see a lot of similarities. So um, we'll, we'll prepare like that. So the Bombers are in a bye week, for those who didn't know, and I think most of you listening and the fans know all about that. Uh, and it's, I don't know, the byes fall, Mike, at different times every year. I don't know which good or bad. How do you feel about having a bye this week? I like it. Yep. And why? Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's still some fatigue that comes with training camp. There's still some things you need to uh, get better at. Obviously, from the from watching the game film, there's things we need to fix and 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 correct and and sharpen more than anything sharpen. So uh, there's probably some things that we need to uh, coach in finer detail, you know, um, in all three phases. So we, we get some extra time to do that. Um, we should be very well rested and and in good shape for this next game. And we start a long run, but. It's it's not anything that the players haven't been through before. And l- finally, let me get you to weigh in on the Simone Lawrence two-game suspension for that hit on Zach Calaris last Thursday. Your thoughts on that? Is two is two the right decision? Whether it's the 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 yeah, whether what I think about it, Bob, is kind of irrelevant. I mean, I'm going to support the league uh, in what they do. I think this is the way football's going. I think the emphasis on player safety. Uh, for the last number of years, and especially this year around quarterbacks and the you know with the upgraded spearing rule, the upgraded uh, roughing the passers to 25-yard penalties, the possibility of an ejection with multiple spearing penalties. Um, you know, this is where football's going. I think players, um, they're so athletic now, they do have more control over their bodies in terms of, of delivering uh, contact. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a certainly a stern warning for the rest of the league. It is that. Mike, thanks for doing this. We'll do it again next Monday and enjoy the rest of the bye week. Thanks, Lop Up. Okay, Mike O'Shea. And that is the Coach's Show. We'll be back next Monday with another edition right here on 680 CJOB.